The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So with this talk, I'm going to introduce the third foundation for awareness, third foundation upon which to cultivate and grow our capacity to be aware and mindful. And uh, with this third foundation, there's a real turning point in the Satipatthana Sutta that's begun in the end of the second foundation. And that is from to turn from the being aware mostly of the body in some way or other to the mind. And on the way there, the second foundation, we're aware of kind of the feelings, the things that are pleasant and unpleasant that have to do with the, sen- the sense contact uh, that it reacts and responds to whatever contact there is. And, uh, and that pleasure and um, delight, pleasure, well-being, and also sometimes what's unpleasant, that doesn't belong to any world of sense contact, but it's more like a welling up inside, a a sense the inner life uh, uh, responds to some kind of deeper wellspring that doesn't have to do with the thoughts we think, um, the, the memories we have, the what's happening around us, circumstances in the, in the world. And, um, and it kind of is pointing to the spiritual, this knot of the flesh, just kind of like the spiritual side, the dharma, dharma, the dharma pleasure that can come with practice. And this sets the stage for this third foundation, where now we're looking not at the body and not at whether things are pleasant or unpleasant, but we're looking at um, the state of the mind. And the word mind is citta, C-I-T-T-A, and this word is used a lot, referred to this concept, uh, referred to a lot by the Buddha, but it's never defined exactly what it is. And um, it comes from the word uh, um, uh, uh, for the Pali word for thinking. And so it's related to the world of thinking, the world of men- mentality. Um, but exactly, you know, what that the inner life of the mind is, or what it is. Um, is not defined because it's not meant to be reified. It's not meant to be made into something. Um, the mind is some general, broad sense we have that's very maybe very personal. That you can't exactly pinpoint this is the, exactly what the mind is. But maybe it's the kind of gestalt of the mental functionings we have and the impression or the feeling or the sense we have of how that gestalt, how that whole is. And um, and the definition of that whole or what it is varies from day to day, it, uh, from person to person perhaps. And it's not so important to know exactly what it is as to know what it is for you. And so maybe for you it changes from over time what you associate with the mind. But it is an inner reference point of something to be mindful of, to be aware of. Um, and what's the quality, what's the characteristics of what you call, what you say is your mind or your state of mind? And um, <clears throat> so um, the state of mind is maybe a little bit more enduring sometimes than sensations of the body. 
sometimes sensation of the body maybe can be more enduring than some of the flickerings of the mind. But the general state or general mood of the mind, um, the, you know, the inner mental life, what is it like for you? Whatever the mind is, it's, it's uh, colored or, or shaped by the activities of the mind. So it gets colored one way if there's a lot of uh, desire, intense desire, greed, and it kind of, uh, the mind gets shaped by it or it gets colored by it, so he's looking at the world through this filter of desire and there's a kind of maybe a searching for something, wanting something. It can be colored by aversion. And so uh, not wanting, pushing away, resistance. It can be colored by confusion. It can be colored by uh, generosity, by a sense of openness, and it can be colored by love, by compassion. It can be colored by wisdom. The mind, the mind itself is not a thing, but it's kind of like uh, something that is um, influenced very much by what we're doing. So one of the ways that uh, the shape of it or the feeling of it, or the sense of it changes is uh, if uh, we're really preoccupied in some kind of thought, some problem, and really focused on it, the mind might seem very small and contracted. Um, but if we're really relaxed and at ease, it, the mind might feel very spacious and open. And so the, the size of the mind, the feeling of the mind being open or closed, um, might vary depending on how preoccupied or unpreoccupied we are. So, um, and so in this uh, third foundation, we're starting to become aware of how the, the, the quality, the characteristics of this mind that we have. And, um, and this is the, becoming familiar with, um, with uh, allow, gives a foundation for, be, uh, for really a, a sense of, uh, to become aware of, um, uh, for the fourth foundation of mindfulness, how the operations of the mind, the colors and shapes, the mind. We get returned to get a sense and feeling for something that I would like to, I refer to or think of, associate with the quality of our inner life. As we get to know that quality of our inner life, the quality of our mind, then we can have some role in shaping it or seeing how it changes. And simply knowing it, uh, this power of knowing, of mindfulness, of being present for something, um, is not a, a non-influential act. It's an act that kind of, uh, without trying to change anything or it's a kind of thing shift a little bit when we're fully present for it. If we're fully present for a mind that's kind of agitated with desires and wanting, and then the knowing is clear enough, there's kind of space for that, holding it, we see that the mind is not only desirous. There's also the mindfulness, which is independent. It's kind of wider or separate or distinct that knows the quality of desire in the mind. Same thing with aversion, same thing with delusion. The, the mind can know itself. And in the, the, in the knowing, if the knowing is clear enough, then the mind uh, is more than whatever uh, desire or aversion it might, or confusion it might have. And, um, and so the knowing of it creates space 
in a sense, or openness, or or some kind of a, um, um, breathing room for how the mind is, and then we find we're not so contracted by it or caught in it, and there's we can see oh, it's a quality of the mind, but we don't that we don't have to identify or say this is who I am. Some people have a some kind of vague, probably f- idea or feeling of I am the I amness, how I who I am, or the fact that I am, I exist, and that for some people is closely connected to the mind as well. And um, and the Buddhism doesn't emphasize there's a self or this sense of I am, but whatever that is for you, if you have that. Um, this fits a little bit under this category of mindfulness of the mind, where it's possible to bring attention and awareness and hold the quality or be aware of the texture or the feeling tone or the experience of um, the sense of emness, the sense of just beingness that resides someplace within. And I think for me, this, this fits into the category of mindfulness of the mind. And, and we start getting familiar with um, how the mind changes and morphs and it's different at different times. And over time, especially for meditators, we learn that the mind is flexible, it's fluid, it's changeable. We learn that um, stopping and being present and knowing, um, uh, not just barreling ahead with our concerns and preoccupations, but pausing and taking a good look to recognize what's there, begins to uh, have a wonderful influence on the contracted mind or the agitated mind. Something begins to shift and change in that regard. We start becoming familiar with what it's like when the mind is not preoccupied, when it's not desirous or angry or afraid. The mind is more open and generous and loving. And to start feeling some of the wonderful ways the mind can be. And in the Buddhist tradition, uh, the wonderfulness of the mind is sometimes referred referred to as the beauty of the mind. That the mind can be be experienced as something amazingly beautiful. Uh, I would say that for me, uh, I've been to many beautiful places in the world, seen beautiful arts, all kinds of wonderful things. And I, I would say the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen is the purified mind, the bright, clear, mind. And, um, and so we can start getting a glimpse of the beauty of the mind that's not beautiful necessarily because we've done wonderful things in the world or that uh, everyone loves us or something, but uh, it's a beautiful mind in and of itself independent of uh, what's happening in the world around us. And we're cultivating this beautiful mind by discovering how not to get caught by the unwholesome mind, the mind that is challenged by desire and greed and fear and agitation and restlessness and dismay and sadness, grief, all kinds of things that catches the mind. Of course those things are there and we're not denying them. The practice of this third foundation is to know this is how the mind is. This is what's going on in the mind. Just know it. And um, it can be hard with the mind, but this is the radical, and I would say revolutionary kind of movement of the mind, which is to whatever state it's in, to 
discover how to simply know it. This is how it is. And in that simple knowing, this is how it is, to not be wedded to it, not be caught in it, not be reactive to it. It's almost like you step back uh, a couple of steps and turn around and look and see what the mind has been up to. And we've been enmeshed in the mind and we pause, we breathe, we take those backward steps and then we look back and we see it in a whole new way. And uh, we have some uh, spaciousness around it, some openness. And that spaciousness becomes part of the quality of the mind's beauty. Um, or the, and uh, that spaciousness, uh, some of the beauty of the mind has to do with um, clarity of the mind. And that clarity of the mind sometimes becomes a feeling, really feeling of brightness in the mind. The mind becomes bright, luminous. And the mind is no longer being defined by the particular thoughts, concerns, and attitudes we have. But it, it becomes, a, 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 um, and, and, it, and as a result, it becomes like the fog has cleared. And there's this brightness and clarity in the mind. That can be beautiful. So um, that's, that's the topic for this week, the third foundation for awareness and um, cultivating awareness, developing this aware mind. And uh, what's kind of uh, poignant about this is that uh, as the awareness of the mind develops, the mind, the awareness and the mind at some point don't become so separate. And, um, and awareness kind of becomes the mind or the mind becomes just mostly a field of awareness. It's not all of what it is, but at first we might feel like we're aware of the mind, and then the mind becomes the awareness almost, and shifts. And we'll see how that goes by the end of the week. So thank you, and um, I look forward to this time, and then uh, continue tomorrow. Thank you.